There are days when I can't even find my phone or I search the whole house for my glasses that I find on my head. Does that ever happen to you? Oh, it happens to me all the time. Staying organized is something that feels like an unattainable goal, I'll tell you. So I've got to figure it out. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. I think um, before we dive into this topic, though, we want to reflect a little on this lovely martini that we're having. We're doing a vodka martini with the Detroit City Distillery with a little bit of vermouth and this olive brine. It is a heavy hitter. And I'm telling you at the beginning of this conversation, I feel like we don't deserve it. I feel like this is a martini that you drink after you've finished organizing something. After you've climbed the mountain and you can reflect on how great it is. Yes. It's true. But this Detroit City, you guys, I I know I say this a lot, but the bottle is so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And their vodka is so, so delightful that a martini is a really good place for it. You know, you just have this attitude when you're holding a martini glass, you don't want to spill it. So you stand up straighter and your shoulders are square and you're confident and you sip that thing like you just won. Like you're the boss. (laughs) That's how I'll feel when I'm organized. Might be a while till we have another martini. (laughs) To be honest, I'm just not organized by nature at all. I don't know if I'm qualified for this topic. Maybe you are. Are you qualified for this topic? I am pretty organized by nature. It doesn't mean that I'm always organized by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like it goes. I go through seasons. When, I, when I'm really, really overwhelmed and overloaded, sometimes I feel like everything's a mess. But that's when I really lean on the structures. So I think to, to talk about staying organized, I think the step one is to become organized, right? And I think that really takes structure. You have to put the time in up front. Organization doesn't just happen. I mean, some people are naturally organized, and some people naturally have an affinity for organizing things. However, you have to have a system. You have to have a place for everything. You have to have a mental space for the things you need to do. And if you've got that figured out up front, I think it gets a little bit easier, right? Yeah, but even when we were talking about this episode, because I think you and I are very different kinds of organizers, even in collaborating on this podcast together, we approach it differently. And I think it's been really insightful for me. Um, and I realize that it's a very, very personal thing. What it, what it, how do you become organized and, and what works for you? Right. And I feel like it's, um, it's topical. For me, the things that I love and the things I'm passionate about, I'm very good at getting them organized and having systems and a place for my stuff and metaphorically and literally a place for my stuff. But the things that I don't care about, I, I'm terrible at organizing and I put them off until they become a spaghetti noodle mess of disaster. So for me, it depends on what I value. Those things I organize very well which maybe should be the opposite. Maybe I should organize the things I don't value. I'm not sure. Well, you won't enjoy spending the time getting those things organized, though. You don't want to have to address it. You don't want to invest the time in it. As you were talking, I was thinking about how that works in my personal life. So our kitchen and living room is one big space, and it's where we spend so much of our time as a family. And so I know that when the kitchen counter has stuff all over it, the mail, homework, empty lunch boxes, like all the things that happen in the transition of a day with a family, I know that that's just how it's going to look. But at the end of the day, I want to go to bed with it clear, and I want to wake up to a kind of a clear mind. So like when I feel peaceful in my space, and it's organized, rather, I want to wake up with it kind of clear. So 
if I if I have that organized and things are tidy, then I feel I can move faster in the morning and it's just a little bit more peaceful of a process than kind of constant chaos because the chaos I can't control because that's just what it is to be a family. But if everything has its space, then it makes it easier to move quickly, I suppose. But then if you looked in my closet where I keep my clothes, I'm very, very comfortable with a certain level of chaos in there because nobody else has to touch it. It's just mine. I don't have to worry about anybody else messing with it. And it's kind of a mess right now, to tell you the truth. So even though it's a mess, it's a system. It's organized in a way that you understand, but you don't have to interact with anybody else, so that's okay. There, what episode was it that we were talking about um, chaos, and I said that I had gotten so sick of my sock drawer because I hadn't purged the socks I never wore for like a decade, and I went into the bathroom and I dumped them all on the floor so that I would have to deal with it, and I kind of... <laughs> I kind of flipped out, and I just dumped them on the floor. But guess what? My sock drawer's been great since. You know, I dumped all mine on my bed the other day, and I thought of you. I thought, oh, it's the sock drawer purge. Everybody has to do it once in a while. No, it's funny that you say that because I complain sometimes about organizing, but I'm actually quite good at it, at making making calm spaces. And I have a family of five, and we're very busy. So what I've noticed is my children are like the very hungry caterpillar. I will make a clean space, and they will immediately use that space for their things. Um it is constantly, it feels like in my home life, I am cleaning a space and organizing a space so that everyone else, the, and people gravitate toward the clean and organized spaces, right? They don't want to hang out in the messy room. They gravitate toward the clean room. So we know a well-organized space is a m- mental oasis, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's also very personal, as you said. So kind of what works for one may not work for the other. What, but here's, here's the other thing that I know is that if I, if I do, if I think about render and what the structures that we're creating here so that we're organized, people know where to log their hours. People know where to find the files, right? And people know what the general expectations are because there's, organiz- there's an organized process to onboarding. So I feel like if expectations are known and people know where to find the things, and then there's training so that there are expectations on things like naming conventions and folder structures, then there's always there's a predictability that you know artist A is storing things in the same way that artist B is, so that when artist C comes along, there's a predictable place to go find those things. Which is nirvana. <laughs> We do too. We have the same thing at Redhead. We have we have file naming conventions, a pretty stringent organizational tactic. Um, my staff is very good with their timesheets. So we we do when there's a good process in place, when it's thought out and you think of every step in your day and how that step should happen, where that step should happen, where that artifact should live. If you think those things out and make those decisions up front, then artist C can walk in and they have a clear path. Right. And that's where organization is very important. You'd rather wake up in the morning or get to work in the morning with a clean and efficient space than be searching around for your keys or searching around for a file. So really organization to me is it's a massive mental health tool and time saving tool. Mm hmm. So as as business owners and as people who co-run a family, I mean, we're putting these structures in place, but then there's this expectation that people will buy into them, right? And so you can create all the structure you want, and we can talk about how that's a personal thing. But unless people buy into it and use that structure and participate, then uh, there's a lack of organization. In some ways, 
you know, we're, we're creatives and everybody assumes creatives are scatterminded and they, they're all over the place and there are a lot of things associated with creativity that feel antithetical to organization. But I will say after many years of this, we even know how to organize our creativity. We know what order it should come in, how that process should work, when brainstorming as a team is important, when brainstorming on your own is important. So we even, when I look at it, when I really step out of my business and take a peek, we have really organized processes from for everything from making sure everyone knows where you when you're taking time off to how to brainstorm the new name for a business. So building those processes is so important to allowing us to be creative. In another episode, we talked about how you have streamlined some of your decision-making processes. You wear the same jewelry every day because then you don't have to worry about that accessory. That's not a decision that has to get in the way of your big thinking. So just like uncluttering your mind and simplifying some of your decision-making processes, I think a structure does the same thing. If you have a really solid structure in place, whether that's in your personal life or, or professionally, then it, it, it um, simplifies the how you do the work that you need to do, and it frees up your mind to actually doing the work, whether you're in a creative industry or not. Right. I mean, if you think of it as a road, say there's a road you have to walk and the road has some sticks in the road and some tumbleweeds over here and a car parked strange over there. You have to go around all those all those hurdles, right? If the road is clear, you can get to your destination faster. So really, when it comes to organization, for me, I don't think I could prescribe a good trick for you. I don't think that you could, the methods that work for you could work for me because we have different brains. Everyone needs to find their own method. But, and even if you don't feel like you're a person who likes organization or you have a proclivity to it, if you understand it as a tool to allow you to get to your goal faster, then you can, you can feel really good about it. You know, you can test drive some methods, you can put some systems in place to clear that path so you can get to your end goal faster. And if that end goal is getting out for school and work early, it's easier if you're organized and if your house is tidy. If that end goal is building a campaign for a client, it's easier if you have processes and you can find your files. So organization to me is, is it's just a tool to allow you to do the thing that you're great at, right? Yeah, absolutely. But there are times too when, when your structure breaks, right? So, um, not, there, I mean, for example, Franklin Covey used to be like, like your paper calendar used to be a structure that everybody kind of hung on to and clung on to. It was so widely adopted, at least, um, you know, especially as a as a college student, as a as a young professional, that was the gold standard to carry that little leather bound thing around and get your fresh pack of whatever in January. It kind of was satisfying in a way, um, like a fresh syllabus and a fresh set of notebooks at, you know, at the beginning of a term. So there's a time when that structure breaks, whether it becomes antiquated or it no longer can stretch to the needs of your productivity, um, or you invite something else new into your life, like you need to share your calendar with a significant other, or you know you have a kid and you need to schedule other things. So there's definitely times when that structure will break, and I think it's a matter of it's no different than me needing to empty my sock drawer or empty my closet and do a hard reset. You have to, at some place, be willing to decide when your tactics that you use for organization aren't working for you anymore. That's true. You know, I last year I read the book, and I, a lot of people have heard of this book, the life the life changing magic of tidying up. And you know, the short answer is she's like, gut it and start over. Take everything out of the room. Be very very rigid about what you keep and what you don't. 
and make sure everything has its place. Um, because when, when things are cluttered and they don't have their place, you are constantly tidying and you shouldn't have to be. So I've, what I take away from that is if you're constantly feeling like you're having to clean up or organize or rethink, that probably means your structure isn't working and it's time to empty that sock drawer and start over. And that might be new methods or it might be something that's more digital or less digital or it might be a conversation with your coworkers or your family about what methods would work for them so you can integrate someone else's thinking processes into the into the structure. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think any, for me, I don't think any one theory would work forever. Yeah. Um, uh, one example for us, just in case um, listeners are curious, we, we, we had been um, base camp loyalists for more than a decade for project management. And the frustrating part for me was that um, even, even at its best, integrating a time tracking piece of software into Basecamp wasn't giving me the insight that I needed on the way that my business was growing. I really needed to understand my team's capacity a little bit better and understand where they were in the process. And so I really pushed my team. You know, we looked at about 25 different project management softwares that had time tracking and and integrated. And I even joked with a lot of friends that I used Basecamp to break up with Basecamp, but um, <laughs> to organize that project. But um, but really, what I what I noticed was my priority was to find that integration so that bookkeeping errors were minimized, and so that being able to have insights on where we were in projects and where we how we were using our clients' resources internally um, were were very dashboard ready. Um, rather than just a place to have a digital time clock where people were punching a clock, that wasn't that was that was very baseline for me. I wanted a little bit more robust system. And the the great news is that as we tested kind of our top three, the insight that I got from my team is the one that we ended up adopting answered some of their frustrations that they were having too, using the tool in different ways. And so we ended up with teamwork. Um, and so so that's just an example of how. It, it was broken for a lot of us, and we finally took the time to just kind of empty the sock drawer and start over. And it's interesting that you articulate everyone was a little unhappy, and you had to do research upon research upon research to find the tool that worked globally. And so that's, I think, when it comes to staying organized, you need to think through your system, right? Mm-hmm. You you need to find the system that really serves your needs. So you need to be able to articulate those needs. Yeah, and and just like a small business owner is not going to change their accounting software willy nilly. That's that's a huge heavy lift. That's a giant decision. It's a pain in the butt, frankly. So, and that is a tool that absolutely um, manages your company. It's it manages the financial health of your company, so that you have that insight. Those your your P and L is your your dashboard, but. Um, so similarly, the thing that manages your projects, that that pushes thing your 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 promises to your clients through the the pipeline, you should have a similar tool that's as robust as your accounting system, as count onable as your accounting system. Sure, and from a client standpoint, clients and we've talked about this in previous um, episodes, but clients don't like uncertainty. They like to co- know what's coming next. They like to know where they are in a process. They like to know where they are with their budget. And so if you have a system that can give them those answers, you're doing that in service to your client as well. Mm-hmm. So finding that organizational tactic that allows your business to really hum and sing makes you better at serving your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it means you know staying organized means that you have to start at the beginning. You have to start at the beginning. Yeah. Darn it. I don't think any of that is going to help me find my glasses when they're just sitting on my head. Nope. 
But when I've got that system down, I'm having another one of these martinis. Yeah, I think I think the martini is the dirty martini is absolutely a a cheers to a project done, a project well done, a project well done. So, Dan, what do you want our listeners to do? to share this podcast. Um, We've gotten such great feedback from the people who listen, and I can't tell you how many people give us feedback on the episodes. So if you're enjoying this, if you think it's helping you figure out the busyness that is your world, share it with a friend. We would love it. You can send them to the speakeasypodcast.com where they can sign up and listen themselves. Oh, man. Sales and prospecting is one of my least favorite things. How about you? Uh, Yeah, I hate it. It just feels awkward, but it's a critical business function. And that's what we'll talk about the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.